Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Green Iron Blitz right here on Block Talk Radio, episode 187. I'm going to be joined by the always informative college football guru, Troy Wilson, as well as uh, WFA All-Star Holly Custis of the Seattle Majestics. And we, we're going to be talking today NFL preseason, um, a little bit of getting to player protests with Michael Bennett, Marshawn Lynch, um, the Kellen, uh, Kellen Kaepernick situation still where he has not been picked up, even when the Ravens were intending to pick him up. And then we're, we're going to talk about uh, women's grand news and notes. Uh, Katie Sowers with the Niners officially on the coaching staff, uh, Jen Walker's new book. And uh, over the last hour, I think it was uh, Karen Mulligan officially retiring from the New York Sharks. So we'll, uh, we'll dive into that as well. Um, and the WFL playoffs are going to kick off in Mexico. And we have also the uh, LFL playoffs on August 20th on Sunday still to come. So uh, let's see, we got Holly Custis on the line here. How are you doing, Holly? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I was just going to, you know, I think Troy will be joining us momentarily here. I think he was uh, occupied with some stuff, but... He'll be coming on board in a little bit. So um, we're going to be talking NFL preseason, week one. Uh, my Rams uh, beat the Cowboys by three points. So that wasn't uh, a great, great thing, but it's a win. And I saw some good things there. And uh, Sammy Watkins has not shown up yet, so we'll see if, uh, how he will work into the mix. Uh, definitely. How did you feel about golf? Uh, I think he's okay. Um, I'm not, uh, you know, overly impressed right now. Um, I will kind of wait and see, like I said, between week one and week five and see how that right. happens, offensive, how the offensive line will work, and um, see who they go with at this point. McVay seems to probably get him going, so I'm happy for that. Uh, we'll see how that pans out. Definitely. Um, I mean, it's still a preseason, so it's hard to – it's hard because we're all so excited that football is back, that it's easy to jump to conclusions early in the preseason. But I think we all forget that come the regular season, we completely forget what happened during this time period. So it's it's tough because everybody wants to get excited or or overreact to uh, the team not doing well. And we just have to be patient and understand that it's all part of the process. But, yeah, I mean, there is some – um, decent football that uh, was happening, and it looked like a lot of, um, of the young quarterbacks played pretty well. So uh, I'm, you know, I'm just excited that it's back. 
Yeah, and I think everybody's pretty excited. Um, I thought the Rams played okay. wasn't a big, you know, big thing. Um, you know, the Niners, I think, you know, that they're coming along. So the West is going to be pretty competitive. Um, we got Troy on right now. So Troy, uh, Redskin land preseason. What, what you, what's your thoughts so far? Ugh. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, say it's a, it's a work in progress. Um, I'd like to, you know, every time this around this time of year, I like to remind the people who always say we don't need preseason football to look at the product that you see on the field. These guys clearly need some work. I mean, if you look league league wide, I mean, sure, yeah, you know, some guys that went out there, Deshaun Kaiser, he looked really good uh, for the Browns, albeit against a um, a Saints secondary who you know who's who's a little bit, who's been a little bit outclassed uh, the past few years, and they didn't seem to really get that much better this this off season. Uh, you saw guys like T.J. Watt, who you know he wreaked havoc against the New York Giants. He had two sacks and four plays, but then again, it was against that uh, a pretty um, mediocre at best uh, Giants offensive line. So, you know, when you see the guys that kind of stood out, they did kind of stand out against units who are still a work in progress, but then the guys, and then you expected some teams who are, you know, offensive juggernauts whose teams may not even have let them play. Ben Roethlisberger didn't even see the field. I mean, so, when you look at the product that they have in the first preseason game, everyone's excited that football is back, but then once you watch it, you do have to be reminded that it is the preseason. It's just the beginning of it. Uh, I wish teams would kind of take the the Patriots approach, where the Patriots, they don't care if it's the first preseason game or the fourth preseason game. You're going to see Tom Brady out there. He's going to play, and their starters are going to play. Um, but it is the preseason, so I'm not getting too high or too low as far as what I've seen. I just really can't wait to the first week. But it was it was exciting to get football back. Holly, what's uh, your Niners assessment so far? Well, you know that we we saw some good things and some things that we need to improve on. Um, overall, I think our front seven for our defense is much improved. It was way better. Um, I think we only allowed 31 yards of rushing the entire game, which even though it's preseason, that's still, that's pretty impressive considering the fact that you're, you rotate a lot down your depth chart. Um, I, it just looked like it flowed better. It looked like they were more confident in what they were doing. I think we still need some work in the secondary. Um, the coverage for a lot of the game was not bad, but it definitely can get better. And then I think offensively, uh, I was really impressed with Joe uh, Williams. Um, He ran pretty well. I think our offensive line could get a little bit more physical. And I've decided that I'm giving Matt Barkley a new nickname, and it's going to be Mr. 2020, which means he's great in between the 20-yard markers. But you get inside the red zone, and all of a sudden Barkley can't do anything. So we, we struggled inside the red zone with him. Um, and we had 17 penalties, which is ridiculous. Um, but hopefully that will kind of work itself out. You know, it is a new coaching staff, a new scheme on both sides of the ball, so that might take a little bit to get used to. But overall, I, you know, I'm encouraged, especially on the defensive side. Like that defense, the defensive front seven was really bad last year. And to see them improve, even if it's in a preseason game, it, it's encouraging to me. 
Yeah, it, it happens a lot, and especially in San Francisco with the rebuilding. What did you say? Said it happens a lot, especially in San Francisco, uh, with same as the Rams trying to rebuild and all that. Definitely, uh, it, it seems like people were responding well to the, the new coaching staff, and and you know from the uh, articles and videos that I, I've seen, I, I think we're headed in the right direction. It's just going to take some time. The fact that the Forty Nineers have. Um... Uh, Kyle Shanahan out there. I mean, they're automatically with that in, in mind right there has, has legitimized uh, that offense. I think with the Chip Kelly scheme last year, anyone he was in Philadelphia, I mean, with Philadelphia they were pretty explosive, but last year they just did not have a whole lot of weapons out there. But now it seems no. like that they have a they have a, a really solid scheme that has been proven over the years to be effective wherever Kyle Shanahan. Uh, has been in Washington and Houston and Atlanta and Super Bowl last year. Um, I mean, just wherever he's been, they've been pretty effective. So that automatically gives them, uh, you know, a shot in the arm right there. The question will be is how much are they going to get out of their quarterbacks? Is it going to be Matt Barkley that's going to be back there slinging it around? And I agree with you with Joe Williams. I loved him coming out of Utah last year. Had a lot of yards. Um, he was the guy that actually took the first four games off, and he still managed to run for 1,300 yards. He was just an incredible, incredible athletic back. I think he only dropped in the draft because teams were kind of questioning uh, whether or not he wanted to play, but instead of, you know, really finding out why, which is I believe his, his sister had passed away, and he was going through some troubles and, and, and being depressed with that. But you got you guys have a hell of a back back there in Joe Williams. He actually may supplant um, uh, the kid from Ohio State who's kind of been off injured, um, you know, uh, pretty much every season he's been he's been hurting in uh, Carlos Hyde. But I think with yeah. Joe Williams, man, you guys get, really got a great football player back there. I think so, too. And Hyde is more of a power running back, and Joe is definitely a lot faster. So I think you might have um, a great combination in the backfield there. I still think they're getting used to the offensive scheme as far as when they were getting close to the red zone. They didn't, it didn't, all of a sudden it just choked up and they weren't executing the plays very well. And so I think they have some issues to work out up front. Uh, but overall, I mean, I'm very encouraged. Um, and it's really early, but, you know, when you're in the middle of a rebuilding process, anything that you can take that's positive is, is a good sign. Um, so we'll see we'll see how things unfold, but I'm I'm encouraged for sure. Who is this, who is the surprising team? Do you guys think uh, in the preseason? Uh, is there any surprising team that you guys thought was uh, a little impressive? Uh, I would have to say Cleveland. But I just like the way um, you know they're starting to execute with Hugh Jackson's offense. Um, uh, you know, with, with Kaiser back there, and people really want to see what he does because, I mean, again, how long has it been since Cleveland has had an actually uh, actual viable quarterback back there? What was it Kozar Rippin? Uh, they had that, you know, that short run in the playoffs. Um, you know, when they when they first uh, came back, I mean, they really, really have taken a long time to get somebody back there, and I know that they're hoping that Kaiser. 
Um, and he looked really good out there and, and executing the offense. See, you know, and, and he's doing that with, with not a lot of receivers. Uh, they lost to Real Pryor in the offseason. So he really looked good out there. Um, again, you know, they're playing the Giants next week. So you want to see how they equip themselves against them. The Giants may be the, may have the best defense in the NFL. And, you know, their starters are going to play a little bit more next week. So we'll see how he equips himself then. Uh, but I really like the way Cleveland looks. I like Cleveland, too. Uh, it's still really early, in, and having seen the Browns do this before, I'm hesitant to to um, put my chips on them yet, but it's definitely a promising start for Kaiser. I, I watched him, and I think, you know, I was pretty impressed with him, but it's still really early. So I want to see how that develops. But as we all thought before, you know, Brock is who we thought he was, um, and Osweiler is just – it's not very good. Um, so I think Kaiser's going to have an opportunity to take. I think Kaiser's going to take that spot from him either game one or really early. Um, and then I'm also, my dark horse going into the season is, is Tennessee. Um, they do have oh, yeah. uh, my my football husband, Marcus Mariota, uh, who I've absolutely loved since I saw him <laughs> play in college. And he's like the nicest person ever, and so it's just hard not to like the guy. But they, he has some weapons now. They're they're retooling up front to try to protect him. I I, I feel like they're they're they were right there on the edge of the playoffs last year before he got hurt. But I think they're an up and coming team that I'm watching out for. And then Houston's interesting because I feel like Deshaun Watson was a little nervous. I think initially when he got back there. But once he settled down and he, they had him all out a bunch, he seemed to get more comfortable. Um, so we'll see how he develops. But what we also need to see, you know, how J.J. Uh, Watt comes back and they, what he's able to do on their defensive line and how um, if they're able to get healthy on that side of the ball. Uh, so Houston is another team I'm looking at. But And then I love uh, – uh, the Panthers still offensively if um, Cam Newton can get healthy. Because if you have that backfield, who are you going to stop between Newton and McCaffrey? Like, that is that is tough. That is really tough. So they should at least be fun to watch, even if they don't uh, make the playoffs. So those are the teams I'm watching. Yeah, Christian and McCaffrey Savage didn't play well. too bad for, uh, for the, I think it's, was well, it Savage for uh, starting for, is it uh, the Panthers or Texans? Heard who? Deshaun? It's Savage was the quarterback, I think. Oh, he he was for uh, Texans. 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 Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I have uh, I have Christian McCaffrey as my my rookie of the year. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the clip of uh, him going against Keekley one on one. Keekley is pretty much the best linebacker in football. Keekley could do nothing with that guy. Nothing. Bring any linebacker you want that can match up against Christian McCaffrey. I would love to see that because that guy right there is—he's to me—he's a hands-down rookie of the year. I'm going to Vegas soon, and I'm definitely going ahead and I'm putting my money on that guy. He is completely unstoppable if you get him in the open field. I just—I love the way he's—he's going to play. I hope the Panthers use him uh, the right way. They really don't really—they don't throw the ball out of the backfield as much. But with that guy, man, you can line him up anywhere on the field, and he's going to be a problem wherever he goes. 
I think um, there was a player on their team that got in trouble at one of their practices because he accidentally and um, on the crack told his coach later that he didn't mean to go out. It was that he got so beat that he didn't even know what to do and he just kind of fell. And 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 they were kind of stunned because not many people will meet, uh, admit when they get beat that bad. But he's just like, well, basically, he, he broke my ankles and I just kind of fell. <laughs> so, when you have veteran players that are admitting that they got beat that bad, it's saying something. Oh yeah, big time. Hey, and uh, uh, Holly, uh, I guess uh, Jerry Rice is coming back because you got no receiving core. So I heard that he was coming hey, back. We do we do have some receivers, <laughs> but I don't know. I saw uh, we do have some receivers. We are. I still feel like we're still looking for our number one guy. So you know, Jerry, I saw a clip of him uh, at their practice. I think he's helping with the receivers, and he looks like he can still play. That man is like 80 years old, and he still runs the route like he was just playing yesterday. It's it's ridiculous. So I mean, if he can go, it is ridiculous. I, I saw the I saw the clip, and I'm like, uh, is he coming back? Is it the comeback? <laughs> He's so so nice on his uh, right before the line breaks. You know what I mean? Like tippy toes right out with no no problem. Uh, he's really fit. He's still pretty pretty fit. He's gonna be he's gonna be 95 years old and some nursing home running around somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's he's an He's an addict. I mean, the guy's 54 years old. He ran an out route better than half of the receivers in the NFL this year. I mean, that's that, that's something else, man. I mean, I mean you know, <laughs> San Francisco has has Garcon out there. You know, that's my man. He played for you know the Redskins last year. He's not a number one though. Um, so they're but they but the Redskins are going to miss that guy because he he has a lot of toughness, man. But you know, um, I'm I'm still happy that we have Terrell Pryor. I want to see this guy get in the game a little bit out in Washington. Um, big kid, but you know they they had a had a little bit of time uh, getting the ball to him. But I want to see how they how that offense uh, equips itself, especially once uh, Jordan Reed gets back. But definitely going to miss Garcon. I, but I, I really want to see him do well out there in uh, San Fran. Hey, bombshell, you guys with the women's football league uh, news and notes. Uh, bombshell. Katie officially on the coaching staff uh, from her Facebook post to the Mercury News to everybody confirming it, even the Niners confirming it. So Holly, Niner fan, Sowers on the coaching staff for 2017 as it is confirmed now. It's awesome. I mean, we can use all the help that we can get. So um, I think, I mean, just like we uh, stated before, the more – um, I wish that we can get on the sidelines uh, for these teams, the better. And I feel like, you know, the fact that they they have her signed on for the rest of the season and they made that decision so early in the preseason tells you how well that she's doing. And so anytime any one of us is doing well like that, it looks good for all of us. So it's a, it's a, it's a great thing. And we have uh, Jen Walker as well. Uh, coming up with their book, Play Big. You can pre-order it on uh, Seal Press. So you go to our Twitter feed and get the link there, or you can go directly to her Twitter feed at uh, jwalker47 um, on Twitter. Um, you can follow her, obviously, at Jen Walker on Facebook and 
pretty much everywhere on Instagram. But her new book is going to be uh, Play Big. So it's uh, kind of like a story from her beginnings to her NFL accomplishment and all that. So um, you can get it at Play Big. I think pre-order now, and it's going out, I think, in another month it comes out. So um, there's a book there for her. Um, Troy, let me get your take on here. Ezekiel Elliott obviously affects the, uh, the Cowboys' offensive scheme completely, all right, even with Prescott in the background. Um, his father and his family has come out and said they will, ta- they will take legal action regarding the, I guess, the suspension that Goodell uh, turned out for. So, uh, I mean, is this just is – it, is it going over the top? Uh, are we not – are players not going to just take the suspensions as they're given? Or should the union step in and say you're going to have to honor the suspension? I mean, there's got to be a medium here because there is no president. I think Goodell has made some mistakes in the past where – you know, if it's uh, domestic violence or, you know, Ray Rice or whatever, there's just, like, no no standard. So how does this get aired out? Is it Goodell and the NFLPA that needs to air out these these things that obviously if there's infractions, they need to be clear and decisive, and obviously the, the player needs to just, you know, either take it. But we're getting a lot of appeals in this sense. Well, a couple of things have changed uh, since last year. One is that when it came to domestic violence issues, what they wanted to do is remove uh, Goodell from it. So they actually had a panel this time um, of, of people who did an investigation and they made their ruling on it. Uh, so Goodell had very little to do with, with this one in this instance. Uh, now, the NFLPA right now, um, they've gone over it and they've seen the decision and they've kind of gone over how the decision was made in the NFLPA is decided on behalf of um, of Ezekiel Elliott to go ahead and, um, and and formalize the process of appealing, and which I think is a good thing, um, especially if you feel like there's an injustice being done. Um, and I, and obviously I don't know the specifics of the case because uh, that, that stuff is kind of sealed. But if Ezekiel Elliott and some of the rumors that you hear coming out are are, are quite frankly disturbing especially if you hear, um, you know, the young lady who was involved, and I, I don't know her name, and if I did, I wouldn't say it, um, but she had, it was rumors that, that she had said, you know, she's going to ruin his career because you're a black player and, you know, things like that. So when you hear things like that, it would automatically give me pause, uh, and you want to do the due diligence and do a thorough investigation of it, and I'm not sure how thorough – um, you know, the panel did their investigation. But if you're Ezekiel Elliott and you're Ezekiel Elliott's family, and also if you're the NFLPA, I think absolutely the right way to go is to go ahead and do an appeal and to get a, you know, have your own independent investigators check out what happened. But either way, it's just it's just a nasty, ugly situation, uh, especially, you know, with such a young guy and a young career and also the young lady involved as well. So, you know, Troy, I look at it as he's being targeted for money. I don't know if that's, you know, where you go look at it because I, I think sure. that if he had done something in the past, it should have came out in some sort of police report, some infractions, some incident. It would have come out disclosed that way. But when it comes out just like that, sometimes, like to your point, you have to question it more thoroughly. And I think to me it's kind of like somebody's off for money. Yeah, and I agree with that, but then there is a flip side to that coin, and I hate to be the contrarian and, and the you know the playing the Libra here, even though I'm a Taurus. Uh, <laughs> but 
there's also a precedent that that Ezekiel Elliott has set as, of him doing some things that were not exactly um, the right thing to do, so to speak. And what I mean by that is he has sort of made himself a target by some of the actions that he's done. And so, you know, when you're at the level that he is and is, you're such a visible target, I mean, they have these things at the at the rookie symposium is to not become a target, to, you know, act accordingly, especially when you're in public, and to, you know, try to deal with the right type of people. And it's hard to do that when you're a kid and you're a star and everywhere you go, people love you and they want something from you and girls are going crazy and he's a good-looking guy, he's got money. And so it's pretty hard to deal with that kind of pressure. And I think a little bit of that is, is starting to, to, to wear him down. But going forward, this guy definitely has to make smarter decisions as far as, who he's spending his time with and, and what kind of people he's dealing with in general. Holly, what's your thoughts on it? <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree that I feel like his previous behavior um, does not put him in the best situation. Um, and uh, I've heard some, you know, uh, murmurs that he has, I think somebody coined it uh, FOMO, so the fear of missing out. He's kind of like that young guy that, you know, if somebody has something going on, like a party, he doesn't want to be the one person not going, and so he's kind of immature in that way, and I think that's why he's gotten himself into um, other situations, like when he pulled down the top on the lady, um, or he got um, in trouble for going to the weed store, you know, smaller stuff like that. Um, but I think when it comes to the domestic violence issue, the NFL has to be thorough and present a harder stance than they had previously. And so, but then it's very difficult because it's like, well, of course they have to do that now because they got um, pretty killed, pretty much killed in the the media. So now they have to come out harder, but then it leaves the door open for the other side if people are trying to exploit the players. So you have to have the due diligence on both sides. And I think what the NFL really should try to go towards is not only a panel, but a set, more standardized version of, okay, if you do X, Y, Z, this is the consequence for that. If you do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, then that's the consequence for that. And they have to take the subjective part of it as far out of that situation as they can because what's happening is when you look at Goodell, it, it seems like he's just arbitrarily like, okay, well, one game for you, five games for you, three games for you, and you're just like, what? That makes no sense. Why did that person get one game when they did something heinous, and this person got five games for doing something that is not as heinous? That makes no sense. So I think they really need to standardize the entire disciplinary process on Are both they following sides. the uh, U.S. legal system? You think they're following the U.S. legal system? Yeah, and then they found the U.S. legal system because the courts do that all the time in almost every state. There's like egregious or heinous crime, and everybody gets different. One gets life, one gets three months, one gets parole. I mean, I'm I'm like, so I agree with you. I they need to really sit down and figure out a standard of a a standard of punishment, if anything, based on some incidents uh, from the past, and they have enough data to kind of put something together. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think they need to really sit down and do that. They need to do that, and then the players' union needs to come across with their side on the appeals process side. 
because I feel like the, the players union really hasn't done what they needed to do to protect their players. Honestly, I feel like if you're looking at it from that vantage point, if there are people out there trying to exploit the players, the players union has to protect them and they have to come up with some sort of a standardized appeals process on their behalf rather than having these players having to go to court on, by themselves. So I think both sides. I, I always believed. I always believe that the NFLPA should administer the punishment. You know what I'm saying? It should not be the league. I think the league should give feedback. The players' association should review that. They make their own assessment based on their relationship with the player, and then at that point, I think the NFLPA should dish out the punishment to their own party, and I think they would be more fair and more legit that way. So I don't know if you guys what you guys feel about that. Well, the, the, the problem with that would be is that you're essentially asking players to come up with their own punishments I mean, because the NFLPA is made up of current players um, except for DeMar Smith. But his, his job is really as, as a negotiator. Uh, but the NFLPA is just made up of actual current players. So, most of the time their punishment is not going to be harsh because, you know, they're also, um, they have their own you know, peers to answer to. And so I think that process uh, will, will make it a little bit difficult. So we should just, just leave it to the commissioner and standardize it like Holly was mentioning then, right? Well, the problem with standardizing the punishment is that, and, and you guys know this, and, and this is what anything in life is that no two situations are the same. Uh, there are different um, circumstances involved with each one of them. So most of the information that we are uh, privy to, what they do is condense it in a form where, you know, they can do a segment on ESPN or Fox Sports or whatever in about three to four minutes uh, regarding it. But, you know, these things have hundreds of uh, pieces of paper that they have to go through and all kind of caveats and all these other things. So uh, I think that the process is, you know, they kind of condense it and, it and it sounds a little bit more simple than it is, but um, it's, it sounds, anytime you're dealing with legalities, I mean, I don't know if you guys own a home. I mean, you see the pieces of paper that you had to sign just to, just to buy a house. I mean, I rent and my, you know, my paperwork to sign my lease was, was uh, 50 pages long. And so I can't even imagine what it would be when, you t- when you're dealing with a multi-billion dollar business and you're talking about lost gains and possible lost revenue depending upon what player it is. You know, they want to be as thorough as possible and at the same time be fair. And it's pretty difficult to just arbitrarily throw out a number and just say that that is a, um, that is a standard. So we'll see how it happens. Um, he is ruling or he is uh, appealing. So we'll see how that turns out in terms of the scope, in terms of whether it be six games or less or what's going to be uh, at this point. But uh, initial re- initial was six games from what we heard. So um, that will affect the Cowboys greatly on offense for sure, right? Oh, big time. I mean, because now it's just DRC and Alfred Morris and, you know, they're going to do a, a running back by committee. Now, uh, I, I think um, – I think they have some really good backs back there. And not to mention, and this is one thing I think a lot of a lot of people are forgetting, they still have the best offensive line in football. And so um, maybe they may have to rely on Dak just a little bit more. But I don't think it's going to be a thing where 
Um, you know, they're throwing it now. They're throwing the ball instead of 24 to 26 times a game. It's going to go to 34 and 36 times a game, unless you know for whatever reason it calls for it. They're still going to run the ball and they're still going to pound it on people. Um, you know, the question is, and they also have to do that because they have a lot of young players on defense. And they can't really afford to air the ball out for a variety of different reasons because they want to keep that defense off the field because they have young guys and they have a ton of suspensions on that team. So is it going to change what they do? I just maybe just a little bit, but I think, still think that they're going to stay to stick with the game plan, the game plan that worked for them last year pretty much every game. And they're still going to run the football. Ollie, uh, how do you feel? It's going to have not much effect. I think it's going to be um, kind of in between. I, I think um, Troy's right in that they do have the best offensive line in the in the game right now, so it's definitely going to help. And um, it's going to be kind of a running back by committee type of situation. But I do feel like Ezekiel has that that spark. Um, on their offense, it's not just about production. He seems to bring uh, an era of confidence to that offense. Um, and so I feel like you're going to miss that even more so than his production. Um, and so, I, I, you know, I don't think they're going to fall off the map in those six games if it stays at six. I still think they're going to win some games because they're top to bottom. You know, they're a good team. Uh, but it's definitely going to put a damper on what they can do offensively. All right, so uh, let's talk reality here. Ravens, we're going to get Kaepernick. Ravens decided to opt out uh, for Kaepernick, and apparently they get Thad Lewis. So, um, Troy, your thoughts on Thad Lewis over Kaepernick? Uh, Kaepernick is absolutely being blackballed. I don't think there's any question about it. I think the fix is in. I think uh, there's a little bit of collusion that we will never be able to prove that owners have decided that they're going to make an example out of Kaepernick because of his stance out there. Now, the current players that are, you know, sitting for the anthem and things like that, they can't do anything about those guys, especially like a guy like Marshawn Lynch. Uh, you're not going to be able to do anything about that guy. But you take one, uh, Kaepernick, and you try to make an example out of it. And I think what, what's it, what's really happening is is that – they have made it clear that they will do that to at least one player and try to make an example of him and just that. You've seen the same thing with Ray Rice. Now, even after Ray Rice, you've had players who have been uh, suspended for domestic abuse. We were just talking about Ezekiel Elliott. Nobody's cutting Ezekiel Elliott. So, you know, but Ray Rice still can't get a job. So it's not just about the domestic violence. I think that is the owners actually trying to put a message out there to – and they'll single out whatever players they want to do that. And, and I'm really not sure of what the reasoning they would have to do that for because you've seen players uh, come back in this league from doing way more heinous things, charged with actual murders, um, and kill people from drink, drinking and driving, drugs. Um, you name it, they've done it. And they still have uh, been able to come back in the league. So um, Thad Lewis is, is not – anywhere near a, a, a good, as good a quarterback as Colin Kaepernick. So, um, yeah, definitely the fix is there. Holly, what you thinking of? Well, it's kind of hard to argue because, you know, the longer we've gone without him being signed, any doubt that I had about him 
you know, being blackballed, it, it, it's gone. Because I, you know, initially thought, okay, well, maybe he's just asking for too much money because his production went down um, uh, the year before he got uh, uh, injured, and then he came back, and he was a little bit better, but still didn't look the same. But then I'm like, okay, well, I just thought some team will pick him up for a backup spot, and that's about where I feel like he should be anyway, and then have him have the chance to compete for the starting job somewhere because I feel like that's where he's at on the field right now. I feel like he has the potential to still start, but I feel like he kind of has to prove it on the field again as far as the actual field play. But off the field, the longer we're going, there's just no way to argue around it. I mean, at this point, they're picking Tad Lewis, who I didn't even know was still playing. I thought that guy had gone away a long time ago. And, you know, they're about to pick the garbage collector guy off the street corner before they pick up Kaepernick. And it's just like, at what point are we really honest and, and say that this is pretty much what's happening? And I heard that, um, I think it was, Somebody from the Giants organization, I think the Giants owner that was like, oh, no, he'll get picked up. And I, Well, I, why aren't they signing him if you're, if you're so sure that you're, he's going to get picked I up? I can't tell you guys I, he needs to cut his hair, but you guys don't seem to agree with me. If he cuts his hair, no. looks nicer, everybody will pick him up. There'll be a game, a team that will pick him up. <laughs> He's got to cut his hair. You know what I mean? Uh, that's been my point for, like, weeks and weeks. Of time. Maybe if he's listening, I'd Kaepernick. Colin, you need to cut your hair, buddy. Maybe they'll take you with a, you know, shaved head. Um, no, I, I just, it's just, you know, he's a way better top ten quarterback. We all know that. We've all addressed it. Um, Troy, I'll ask you this: it, Are they worried about the brand being hurt by this, or is, are they worried about their fan base revolting against a certain team and a certain certain, you know, team fan base? So I'm thinking business end of it. Are they worried about you know the uh, the you know the fans, the loyal fans that come to their games, and all of a sudden because of him, maybe things go bad in terms of revenue. So I'm I'm thinking on the business end of it, maybe they're they're worried about revenue. That's the only thing I can think of. I I would I would say that that's probably one of the one of the problems, um, and I think he would have to. If he were, if that were an issue, he would have to go to number one, a team with an established market um, like a Seattle, who I'm surprised didn't sign him, uh, like a Pittsburgh, um, you know, teams like that, um, where no matter what, they have this great loyalty in their fan base. I'm really surprised Denver hasn't signed him, where they have. I don't know what you want to call those guys back there right now. I mean, they're, they're just they're, they don't look good. Um, I can tell you that, uh, and they have a great fan base. I think somebody, I think a place like that would be great because your that coaching staff and that organization, they have great leadership top to bottom, and they would be able to sell it as, listen, we want to win football games. This guy deserves a chance. And I just, and, and let me also say this, I think the NFL is doing a disservice um, by this going on because. What you're, you're supposed to be, you're telling these players to also lead by an example. And last time I checked, Colin Kaepernick hasn't committed any crimes. Um, he hasn't screamed on anyone. He hasn't forced his agenda on anyone. He's simply stating what his feelings are. 
um, and he's standing up for other people. And you, you see, like, the NFL, they have, um, you know, breast cancer awareness. That's, that's you know, that's standing up for, for a cause. That's, you know, you, you see all of these campaigns about domestic violence. But it's okay. It's not okay for him to go out there and, 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 and stand up against violence against, uh, against people. You know, he's not saying he's depressed. He's not saying violence has happened to him. But he's standing up for other people who have, have gone through this. And the NFL is is punishing him for that, and I just think it's reprehensible that this league, who always tries to go on the side of integrity, has just showed a lack of it by doing this to that man. Do you think his stance is too political? It crosses the line because the other campaigns are more like health related or more of an awareness of some sort of community based up. Do you think it's too political, and that's why he's getting blackballed? Is that for Holly or me? For you, Latoy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, everything is political. Everything is. I mean, you think about it. I mean, the reason why they the reason why they go out and, and, and tell people that you're doing this for breast cancer awareness is for political reasons. It's to say this is a campaign. Uh, we want to make you aware that this is going on. And, you know, so, you know, it's all for political uh, reason. And but what I'm saying is, is that, uh, what I'm saying is that those are health-related. Domestic violence is an assault health-related aspect of it, where his stance is more of a true political. It would be more politics. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not necessarily health-related. So I'm, my thing is maybe they're doing this because it is too political. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying, um, and and I, I would say maybe it is too, it, it is political. But again, you know, teams, it, it's it's not necessarily uh, such a bad thing for them to stand up for such a such a thing. That's what I'm trying to say. And maybe that they're looking at it like, um, you know, the bulk of their fans either don't really care or completely disagree with them, and maybe that's why they're doing it. And I would probably say that be true. Um, but either way, I just you know maybe that is the reason why they just don't want to get involved with that. But again, I've seen I've seen players say worse and and side with worse and and you know in the NFL still lets these players back. I just don't like Agreed. them to sit back and and they choose one or the other in the same way they did Ray Rice. Well, I'm going to go with your stance before, and you talked about it uh, you know way back in a couple months. You said there will be a major injury and somebody will have to pick him up, whether it be week five, week four, week eight. At some point this season, uh, it'll be an emergency call, and they're probably going to pick him up because um, he's still a good quarterback no matter what. I mean, when you take away everything outside the field of football, uh, skill-wise, he's still a decent quarterback, and he should be uh, on a roster somewhere, either third string, second string. So, I don't know. Even the Canadian Football League hasn't picked him up. So you would have think even the CFL would have picked him up. Hasn't happened either. Yeah, I'm not sure if he even. I mean, because he has agents, so I'm not sure if he has instructed his agents not to fill any calls from the CFL. I mean, because some of these guys will do that. There was a rumor going around that a team did offer him a contract that was, you know, for the league minimum, um, and he told them not to accept it. I don't know how true that is. Um, yeah. But either way, it's just it's just a nasty, nasty situation, man. I, I, it just really does not sit well with me. Uh, for especially for a league that I've been watching since I was a kid, you know. Yeah. So, Holly, um, 
do you think it's going to get better or it's going to continue to be the same? Or are we going to see him probably in, before the end of the season on a roster somewhere? I I think I think you guys are right, and that will probably be um, an emergency call because somebody is, is injured. Um, but I don't think it's going to get better otherwise. I think, um, I mean, the thing that the NFL needs to realize is that the issues that he's talking about are not going to go away. And the the stance that uh, he's taking is not going to go away. And there's, it looks like there's other players that feel the same way um, as they're now kneeling for it as well. And I, it's not going to go away. I mean, look at what we just dealt with this last weekend in this country. And so for them to bury their, their head in the sand and to try to use him as an example, I don't think it's going to end well for them long term because it, it's – it's it's actually putting it on a higher pedestal, like if you think about it, because if they were just to say, okay, we're just going to sign him because he's a, he's a decent quarterback, it would still it wouldn't as it wouldn't be as big of an issue, because we're still talking about Kaepernick now. So in a way, in a weird roundabout way, it's actually benefiting his platform because he still is relevant right now, and if somebody had signed him already we would have started talking about the football aspect more. And I, I think I think they're burying their, their heads in the sand, and I feel like when that call comes, when somebody does need him, I, I feel like it's going to hurt the league more long-term than they realize. Troy, what about uh, Bennett and Lynch? What happens if they get a major injury, they can't play, and all of a sudden they're sidelined? What's going to happen there? You know, if they get let go, their contract is expired. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking the worst-case scenario because of, you know, they're obviously uh, they're doing, you know, that's, that's in their right to do what they're doing. My point is if they get injured or something happens to them and they're not able to continue their career, what what's going to happen then? Well, for Marshawn Lynch, I think this will be his last year anyway. Um, I just think he wanted to play with Oakland. Uh, they're going to Vegas next year. I don't think he's going to be interested in that. He wanted to come back and play for his home team. Um, unless he has just an outstanding year, I just don't think he's coming back next year. We'll see. Uh, Michael Bennett is one of the best defensive ends, if not the best defensive end in the game. He'll get a job. There's no no question about that. I just think that when it came down to it, um, Kaepernick being a marginal player, like if it was, let's just say, let's 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 switch, let's switch gears here. Let's say this is Aaron Rodgers. Does Aaron Rodgers have a job right now? Absolutely. So what they did was they picked an easy target. And and in doing so, then it makes them look like that they are, you know, appealing to their base. And for the people who, who are, you know, following the league and are happy that Kaepernick doesn't have a job. But Michael Bennett, regardless of, of what happens to him this year, unless it's a debilitating injury or a, a career-threatening one, he'll have a job next year. You can guarantee that. So it's the position we're talking about here because it's the quarterback. It's more visible because if Kaepernick was in any other uh, position, I don't think we would be talking about it. Is that what you're saying? I think if this were this was Colin Kaepernick circa 2012, Colin Kaepernick would have a job because at that oh, point yeah. in time it was expected oh, yeah. that Kaepernick was next, that he was going to be in the upper echelon of quarterbacks. He was a dual-threat quarterback. He was leading his right. team to the Super Bowl. 
I mean, if this was that Kaepernick, then yeah, I mean, he he would have a job right now. Wouldn't be close. Uh, as a matter of fact, they will be teams fighting to get him in there, and they will be, you know, campaigning to, you know, let them know that oh, he's, you know, we're 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 you know we're, we're behind Kaepernick and his stance, and we want to go out and we want to you know fight for injustice as well. They would be all all up on it like that. But since right now he's considered a marginal player, a marginal player, um, they're kind of tepid and lukewarm, and some of them are just ice cold on. Agreed. I think the fan base is the revenue base, the business side of things, um, the PR side of things. Uh, we talked to Nicole Rodriguez before about the PR, you know, I, whether they want to take it on or not. And I think that's affecting the decisions as well. So we'll see if he lands on a roster. Um, I don't know. You guys want to go on bets here? Uh, he lands week five, week six, week eight, week 10, week 14. And anybody want to call in? I, I think by week eight, if something happens, majorly in one of the major markets, more likely he gets picked up. I, I, would say, I would say week one. I say week one, he has a job. I say, I say before that. I'm going to go week five. All right. So, Troy, you're on the, you're on the clock. <laughs> now, week one, you're on the clock. As soon as I said that, I started sweating. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I went real far. Can you can you tell Oscar went to week eight? <laughs> like right <laughs> uh, Even more braver was Tustin's here, week five, <laughs> and she's brave. But you were like bold. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you're on the clock, buddy. Um, yeah. But you know what? It, it's there's there's really um, to your point and what we've talked about before. Uh, there's really no need uh, for this to happen. Um, there's, he should be a, three, a third string quarterback somewhere. You know what I mean? Should be a third string at least. Should be on a roster as third string. That is, I think, the, the skill set deserves that. He he's earned that. He should be a third string somewhere. But okay, on the clock, week one, Kaepernick will be starting in the NFL. Or we, uh, let's clarify, Troy. Will he be on a roster by week one? Not starting, but by will be on a roster by week one. He'll be on a roster. It'll be due to an injury. Um, I, I just think that that'll be it. For, unless some teams are go through the preseason and they look around and they say, you know, we got we li- we literally got two uh, tomato cans here, quarterback. I just think um, he'll be on a roster by week one. Not starting. Um, Troy, I will roster. tell you that uh, Holly Custis was very very excited that. Jay Cutler was going to Miami. She was really thrilled. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I was going to say something about it. <laughs> they pulled that and out. And I'm being I mean, I, I understand, like, the, uh, you know, there's a, a level of familiarity there with, you know, with he and Adam Case, but, man, oh, boy. I mean, Cutler's not that bad of a quarterback. He's not completely horrible. He's haphazard with the football at at, the, at, at best. Um, but I personally would have rather had Kaepernick uh, back there. But, again, there's a familiarity thing. Adam Gase knows the guy, and Cutler knows Adam Gase. So there is some, you know, some, some familiarity there. It's Jay Cutler. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> that's, all you, that's all you got to say. Like I don't, uh, I'm not a fan. Troy, 
Troy Custis is no different than my wife. My wife detests uh, Jake Cutler. <laughs> but he left. You know, he said, we got to go celebrate for dinner. This guy's gone out of town. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm still mad at Jake Cutler because he didn't um, he didn't take my idea that I thought would have been a fantastic idea. Because you see all these memes of him smoking a cigarette. What I told him to do was go ahead and get paid, get, get somebody to make him a cigarette mouthpiece. So you can have a cigarette. Funny. Awesome. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. And he won't listen to me, so, you know, I got a bone to pick with Jay Cup. <laughs> oh, okay. that's, that's, um, exactly, that's exactly what he needs. He, he needs uh, more PR about how he doesn't care about playing. <laughs> He's a la Jeff Fisher, Troy. A la Jeff Fisher. <laughs> He's gonna be in the podium on week one, Holly. He's gonna do the Jeff Fisher. And that team on the other side is pretty good. And uh, we're still playing <laughs> in this league. <laughs> it's like what an idiot! What an idiot! Hey, who, who wants to put money on Jeff Fisher coming back into the league by next year? You want to put some uh, put a put a little wager on that I one? Could, I uh, couldn't hear you. What was that again? <laughs> <laughs> it's cutting out, Troy. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see that guy in the in the NFL. And if it, hopefully, if he never comes back to the Rams, uh, maybe San Francisco or Seattle or somewhere else, but not not to Los Angeles. Maybe the Chargers. <laughs> I don't know the Chargers. I have, right I have a doors. question. I have a question. If Jay Cutler and Jeff Fisher walked into a bar, who would win a drink off? Oh, that'd be Cutler. It's too easy. Way. It's Jeff Fisher. It's Jeff Fisher. It's too easy. <laughs> <laughs> too easy. The, the answer is neither of them because neither would actually have the confidence to actually start drinking. They would just quit. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, very good. Good job. There you go. There's your WFA officer. She's very knowledgeable. <laughs> and then they would have a press conference about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you know, we're we're, we're still at the bar, you know. It's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> the drinks are coming. The drinks are coming, people. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going um, to tweet Jay Cutler again. I'm going to see if he. I'm, I'm going to see if he can get that mouthpiece done. I'm going to tweet him. I'm going I'm I'm to make this happen. Why not? I mean, it, it, there's no harm there. You're just going to get. You're just going to help him with some revenue. Another endorsement. <laughs> All right, Holly. Uh, I'm really disappointed that you didn't answer Mitchell Mortaza's call and that you were not on the commissioner's call this week. But, you know, totally well, you disappointed. Know, he, he tried to call me, but, you know, I, I told my assistant to hold my calls. No, I never got a call from him. Um, and I, as I understand it, nobody else did either. So I don't know what happened. I I don't understand how he doesn't understand that message messaging or messenger works on Facebook pretty well. You can message people and you can actually yes. post something to ask them to direct message you back. So I'm assuming uh, this is what I was told by my sources that apparently he was under the weather and could not make that happen. 
and those sources are not have not been confirmed. So I'm just throwing well, that out. There. You can be under the weather. That's fine, but that doesn't mean you can't like reschedule it and be like, hey, I'm not feeling good. Let's do this for this week. That's what normal people do, you know. <laughs> well, all I can say is this coming Wednesday, we're going to find out if he even goes back to that topic and goes forward with that topic at all, or he just slices it off. And I can tell you right now, he's not looking really good because obviously he made a challenge <laughs> and he couldn't get nobody. You're serious? Nah. I just don't believe that. I just don't believe it. No, he probably actually got, there was probably options to pick from. He just blocked them all, I think. I, oh, I, you're I think bad. it's probably, <laughs> I think it's probably something to where, you know, he had it in his head, okay, I'm going to have these, you know, I'm going to have somebody on my show and, I, and we're going to debate this. But he wanted it probably to do it on his terms where he and his league look good, right? So I think it's probably just couldn't find the person that he felt he could basically push over. And so maybe he just, just changed his mind. I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, officially you're still blocked because I checked it before we came on the show. You're still blocked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, I, it just and I it don't feel so bad. I've been blocked since 2009, and I I don't have a I don't have, I don't feel bad. I've been blocked since 2009, so no kind of feeling. <laughs> it just was so funny to me because it happened so fast, and my my comment was was not bad at all. It was actually pretty PC, and it acknowledged the athletes in his league, and it was actually not bad at all. And to come back around like an hour or two later, I'm like, gosh, I feel really special that he spent that time. <laughs> truly, I was like, wow, truly privileged, truly privileged. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, um, let's talk legends while we're talking Mitchell Mortaza here. Um, Troy, uh, what a what a bad season. And now we get the playoffs, and now we get the real teams that should have been playing in season. Uh, we get. Seattle, Miss, taking out Los Angeles Temptation. Chicago, Bliss, taking on the Atlanta Steam. And based on the uh, what I watched this past weekend, L.A. versus Atlanta, guess what happened, Troy? Three quarters Atlanta, of football by the Steam. And a yeah. chokehold and choke and choke and choke. Will it be any different in Chi-Town this, when they go up against Bill Harris? And apparently everybody's questioning – Caldwell's durability. They're not even going to need her, I don't think, if they got the run game going. Yeah, it's, it's going to be more of the same. I mean, again, until Atlanta can beat a quality team, um, you know, I'm just not going to believe them. I'm just not. Um, they 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 can't get over the hump when it comes to you know playing solid teams. It's going to be more of the same this year. Chicago, everyone knows that owns that team. Um, so yeah, so it's just it's just gonna be more of the same. It's just just a matter of the point spread. I guess that's the um, that's the part that you know uh, we don't know. Uh, and well, and, and you know, I'm pretty sure Atlanta's gonna come out of the gate pretty strong, as they usually do. And for some reason, in the fourth quarter, they just um, you know they kind of just lose their head and, and forget how to take care of the football, or forget how to tackle, or forget how to cover. It's the center exchange, it's Troy. The, the center exchange, Wadowski is a veteran, still pulling that O 
time of the game, she pulls the ball over the quarterback. I mean, how do you do that? And that's what that was the difference. The difference is that their own their own mistakes in the fourth quarter gave Los Angeles the opportunity to come back. They punch it in twenty to fourteen. They win. They are moving on. Uh, Troy, Seattle, very effective. Stevie Schnorr, uh, Matheny. You got Angel, Michelle Angel. You got a lot of weapons on Seattle. Los Angeles, not so much, but they do have Salerno back. So there's a key. Uh, Berceau is very tough to beat, very heavy bodies. And you know Tui, 4-0 this season, you know he he wants to go back to Legends Cup. Yeah, I mean, chomping at the bit. I mean, especially after last season where I thought they were one of the best teams in the, in, in the uh, LFL. And for them to go 3-1 and miss the playoffs was heartbreaking. And so this year they were on a mission. They haven't lost a game yet. That's going to be the toughest contest, I mean, because you got that veteran team up there uh, in the Seattle Mist against an extremely motivated and uh, L.A. team, and they're also uh, experienced in their own right. Um, so that's going to be in a war. That's going to be an absolute war, and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely tuning in to see that. Man. I can't wait. That, hopefully, um, you know, Mitch can, can poke his chest out and pride after – uh, after this weekend, because um, you know the season was not not a good season. Uh, it was completely no. unwatchable. But no, now, as a long time as a, as a long time fanatic, long time fanatic that we both are, and we've been watching it for a long time. This is this was probably the one of the bad bad schedules in this league for a long you know since a while, in a while. Um, so August twentieth, the playoffs are in Chi Town at Sears Center in Chicago. You can get information on our Facebook page, on our Twitter feed, or you can go to the their official site at Legends Football League. Um, the other league that was in play was the Women's Football League uh, Legends-style playoffs. That was in Mexico. Uh, Red Devils advanced versus Troyanas of Chihuahua in the grand final. The Red Devils defeated the V-Queens of Saltillo 40-19, and the Troyanas uh, sweep the Rebeldes of Ciudad Juarez 40-28. to Third win in a row for them, and they punch it in in the playoffs. So it will be the Red Devils advancing to meet Troyanas in the grand final. You can get the previews and updates from our network partners in Mexico in the next coming weeks. They will do the previews, and then we will cover the grand final via our network coverage uh, through the WFL exclusively on Facebook Live, I believe. So we'll get you the details on that. Great um, Iron Queensland, week one results. Uh, Bayside Ravens, Christy Moran, uh, Chicago Force All-Star, doing her thing once again. She goes from Logan City Jets this year to the Bayside Ravens, um, and she helps the Ravens win 44-28 against the Griffith Thunder in um, the GC Stingrays with Lauren Evans and Kenesha Sims. Kenesha Sims, two touchdowns on the day. Uh, they win 22-8 to the champs, 1-0 to start the new season versus the expansion Brisbane Rhinos, who now have Aurora Turlock, another no-joke football supporter, and Megan Cover as well. And so Sunshine Coast Spartans, they lose 36-0 to to the Logan City Jets. So week two, we'll get that posted on our Twitter feed. We'll get previews on our Facebook page. Uh, you can go to gridironqueensland.com.au to get the latest results there. The at Gridiron week one was canceled. Week two is pending to see if they're going to even play the week two. So we'll uh, keep you updated on that. FX Mexico, WFA, IWFL tryouts are now ongoing in those leagues. So FSX Mexico has got tryouts going. Lexpo has got tryouts going. 
women's uh, football events. The uh, IWFL also has tryouts. You can go to WFAProFootball.com. Check out the links there of all the teams. Um, you can search women's football uh, in your zip code on Bing or Google as well, and IWFL as well, IWFLSports.com. You can get tryout information on all the teams that are happening in the offseason. Check out the Lex Football highlights from the summer uh, summer season right now on our Facebook page, uh, courtesy of Lexfa, um, and it was awesome video done by them. So check it out on our Facebook page. Pretty awesome. Share it. Um, it's the best athletes in Mexico. Um, the top tier two leagues in Mexico is FX Mexico and Lexfa, and this is the second tier league, Lexfa. So uh, check it out on our Facebook page. We will get you the uh, Finland action with results uh, as soon as we get them in from our uh, network. And we'll get those on Twitter and Facebook as well for this week. Playoffs are coming up as well there. And the German League playoffs have started to come on. We will update that as, as well on Twitter and Facebook. So stay tuned on Twitter and Facebook at Great Iron Beauty or Great Iron Beauties for the latest results on that. So a lot of football, Holly, internationally as well. Uh, Great Iron Australia. Uh, you've got AFVD in Germany. You got a SAJL in Finland still playing. Um, there's a lot of football you've been playing. Playoffs are coming up. Uh, the ladies' bowl is going to be September third, uh, September 24th. It's going to be in Germany, and we're looking forward to that game too. Yeah, you know what the great thing about having so many international leagues is it really doesn't stop because you know different leagues operate in different seasons, and some of these are fall leagues. And some of them are, are, are like uh, the WFA, like mine, in the, the spring and the summer. And so it's really fun because it really doesn't stop. Uh, and so I'm excited to uh, see what happens this fall. And and uh, I know a little bit about these leagues, and I, I'm, I'm anxious to learn a little bit more and find out how they operate. And I think it's pretty fun and exciting. And um, it's great for the game that we have so many uh, different countries participating and playing. Yeah, and, you know, our network has built up over five years. Now it's pretty solid. So we can get pretty much results and information pretty much anywhere. And so I'm very thankful to everybody that has networked with us and provides us that information as well. So in Mexico, for example, there's two seasons in Mexico. There's the spring-summer season in, in, in arena football, and then there's the fall-winter season. So they play two seasons in those leagues. And so it's exciting. FX Mexico and Lexfa play two seasons. So there's actually two champions yearly. Um, so uh, they're trying to get to 11 on 11, as we talked about right after this, uh, the World uh, Women's Championship Games. They're trying to get to 11 on 11. So hopefully, um, I know FX Mexico is working towards that. We'll see if they make the announcement for the fall. If not, I'm pretty sure they'll, they'll try to go that route uh, for the next spring. Well, that's exciting. Um, I mean, the more countries that we have that are able to uh, produce enough numbers to support 11 on 11, the further our sport is going to go. So that's exciting if we're going on uh, 11 on 11. I'm, I'm anxious to see how that works and, and how that helps their sport progress. So week two, Logan City, top dog in Gridiron, Queensland. Uh, Gridiron New South Wales will kick off in another month, and we'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, the at Gridiron had some issues, like I said uh, on my notes. We'll see how they came out. They only had three teams, and unfortunately they couldn't field one of them, so they they forfeited 
the, the week one basically at this point. So we'll we'll look into details as to why or if they're going to go forward with the season at this point. Um, Gridiron Queensland, uh, GC Stingrays. Last year, the GC Stingrays club, all three clubs, the Colts, the men's, and the women's, all won the championship. So this is back-to-back championship. So they're looking for a three-peat in all three divisions, which is the Colts, which is basically the the juniors, men, uh, boys' juniors, plus the men's side and the women's side. So um, looking forward to their season coming up. Week two, we'll get updates as well on our Twitter and Facebook page. So, guys, um, great show today, lots of news. And before we get out of here, the announcement of two hours ago, it was uh, Karen Mulligan, announced by the New York Sharks, has officially retired. IWFL legend, um, you know, USA football um, team uh, member as well. So, um, Holly, I don't know if you played against uh, Karen Mulligan, but Karen Mulligan, no different than Elisa Horton and Allie Amlin, uh, you know, uh, Sammy Grisafi in the sport. Um, I don't think I've played against her directly, but I definitely know who she is. And, I mean, uh, she's had a, a great career, and you're totally right that she's on that level uh, of flair, and um, I think she should be proud of what she's achieved. And the, the New York Sharks are a staple team in our uh, sport, and when one of the grades decides to hang it up, it's always a big deal. And I'm, I'm curious to see, as our sport progresses, um, I, Hopefully, we were able to set up some sort of recognition for these players that are starting to retire um, and the ones that retired before them uh, because I think these women deserve that recognition. And uh, so, you know, we're losing a great one, but at the same time, you know, it's part of the process of football. There, there's only so much – there's only so much football that you can play, And uh, but she should definitely be proud of what she's done. I think she's had a, what I think over 15 years, if I'm correct, um, and she's played in New York for that, right. for that time. Yeah, so very durable player right. as well. It takes a lot to play. Like I, geez, I'm going into year 12, and it and like it gets harder and harder and harder. So anybody that's playing, I'd say over 10 years, that's a lot. That's a lot of football. That's a lot of hits on your body. And um, it, it requires you to change how you treat your body every year. You have to really take care of yourself in order to play that long. So congratulations to her. Uh, we will see if we can reach out and maybe get her on the show as well and try to get her in an interview so she can, you know, uh, go forward in that, in that way. So I'm going to see if I can contact the New York Sharks at this point, try to get them on here onto the show and, Maybe we can interview her as well because she has been a staple in, on the East Coast for a long time um, with, like, Allison Cahill as well uh, with Boston. So there's a lot of quarterbacks uh, in the next probably, what, 18 months, two years at this point that are going to start to decide to move on from the sport, as we talked about before. So it's very an ex- a very good, exciting time for us as fans who will emerge as the new stars of the WFA because that's literally the question that's going up within 2018 now, is who will emerge um, in, in terms of those roles as staple quarterbacks? Uh, definitely. And I think one of the keys for our sports is as those players are starting to retire and move on, that we try to uh, retain them in some 
capacity, whether coaching or involved on the administrative side, at least around the sport. Because I think as um, as my generation starts to retire, the more that we can keep those retiring generations around, the more it's going to help the next generations after us. So we can mentor them as they're coming up. It's just going to make the sport better and better and better. And so it it really will be interesting to see who steps up into those um, iconic roles, but um, it's definitely coming, and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I would I, I would probably put her at what at a Brett Farr level in terms of longevity at this point. Brett Farr, I'd have to probably about put her right. in that light. You know, if you compare it, I'd say Brett Farr. She's very durable. Um, she's played really well. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think she's played in both leagues in her history. Um, so um, we'll see if we can get her on and talk to her about football and talk to her about what she's going to do off the field now and moving on to, uh, just like we talked to Louise Bean and we talked to Sammy Gertoffi. Um, so we'll, we'll see if we can get her on and, uh, and talk some, talk some football and off football stuff as well. So, um, guys looking forward to week two. Um, I'm not, preseason doesn't excite me as much, but looking forward to see what's going to happen here. Um, and then, you know, we'll see how it turns out week two here. Week two in Greater Queensland, like I said, will be on, on Facebook and Twitter as well. Um, so check out our websites on there. And I forgot to mention Zazzle.com, 20% off site-wide. Check out Zazzle.com forward slash Gridiron Beauties. Don't forget to follow us on Block Talk Radio and subscribe to our Apple podcast as well. So you can listen to Troy, myself, uh, Inkishi, Erica Lynn, Eric Brown, uh, all the past episodes, Holly Custis as well. So uh, whenever you want to listen to it, download it. You're there and take a listen on it. So, um, Troy, it's been pretty cool. We're talking a lot of stuff today, very important stuff too, and some an announcement of a retired quarterback as well. So, very exciting day. Yeah, man. I, you know, again, I'm just addicted to talking football. We, we get to talk ladies football. We get to talk NFL. we got college coming up, man. This is always my favorite time of the year. Got the LFL playoffs, the, the the conference championships coming up next weekend, but this this coming weekend rather on Sunday, this is gonna be a great time, man. I'm just I'm just so excited to actually be able to go out. I went out to the Redskin Baltimore game, smelled some grass, brought back some good memories, man. So I'm I'm ready and raring to go, man. Hey, Holly. So uh, thanks for being with us, Holly. Now, uh, great feedback from. Uh, not just average fans on our, on our page, but also a great feedback from some of the players in the uh, leagues. Very, uh, very good addition is the feedback. So I uh, really appreciate you uh, putting your insights and your knowledge. And between you and Troy, like, like I said before, totally excited for college football. So, I mean, it is fun. I mean, really, if I could talk football all day, I probably would. Um, so for me, it, it's just a lot of fun, and I appreciate being here. Awesome. So, guys, I really appreciate you making the time today. Um, for the fans, uh, don't forget you can download all our past episodes uh, all the way back to episode one on Block Talk Radio, and you can also uh, download it on our Apple Podcast. So uh, for Oscar Lopez, Holly Custis, and Troy Wilson, we will be here next week right here on the Great Iron Blitz on Block Talk Radio on Apple Podcasts. Have a great night, everybody. Good night. Later, guys.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.